Hello, and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Switch Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey, everybody. We are officially in it. We're doing some big boy episodes. Yes. Putting on the big boy pants, playing with the big boy toys, filing our big boy taxes, all that good stuff. As you may have guessed from the title, we are starting our third party coverage. But first, some corrections. Some first party corrections. First off, I said last episode in Retro Revivals mm-hmm. that Tamagon, the protagonist of Double World, was a dinosaur. Uh-huh. Tamagon is a dragon. Uh-huh. Uh, but still looks small, green, and adorable, so I got that right. Good to know. Also, <laughs> I made a big deal out of Scapon being a female character. Scapon, the little pink robot from Joy Mac Fight. Mm-hmm. I double-checked later, and turns out that no, there's no consensus online on what Scapon's gender is. <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> what if he's just a dude who likes pink? They uh, They could be... But basically, like, there's one Nintendo wiki that calls Scapon a he. There's a wiki that just calls Scapon a it. <laughs> the official Wikipedia article for Joy Mech Fight refers to Scapon as a she. And that's what made me think that that's what must have been correct uh-huh. when I was looking up stuff about Joy Mech Fight. That article had been translated from the Japanese version of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible that these other Nintendo wikis are, you know, made by people in the United States right. with sort of a cursory knowledge of Joy Mech Fight. Okay. I think it's possible that the Joy Mech Fight article was actually written by a Japanese person mm-hmm. who had played the game and would have a better idea of what Scott Pullen's gender was in the original. And since this was a Japanese-only game, these other English sources could just be guessing. Mm-hmm. That said, I couldn't find any additional source that claimed that Scott Pone was a female character. Okay. But there's not a lot of Joy Mech Fight information out there in English. That's so weird. I, I can't imagine why that would be true. So... I guess we'll find out definitively if Scott Pone gets included in the next Smash. <laughs> then we'll have great references for this kind of conversation. I think you mean when. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, I misspoke Daniel-san. Anyway, <laughs> those are the corrections. We're getting close to the point where we can also discuss Smash news. There wasn't any Smash news besides uh, besides the fact that Nintendo sent out information today for E3 attendees that you have to register to play Smash at E3 before the event. Generally, mm. at, e- generally at E3, it's just like wait in line to play whatever game you want, and it's right. sort of a first-come, first-serve sort of thing. So it's not an open booth in this case. You have to make plans beforehand with Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have to register on the E3 site to to be able to play Smash at the event. If you don't do that beforehand, uh, you won't be able to play it at E3. There's no on-site registration, which I think goes to show that Nintendo knows already how nuts yeah how many people would line up to play that game if it was a first come first serve scenario many people (laughs) yeah they're probably trying to avoid an e3 2015 scenario where on the last day of e3 when the doors opened 
hundreds of people like stampeded down the hall uh, to uh, make it to the Breath of the Wild line. Okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Or that could have been 2016, actually. Yeah, 2016. Okay. Two years ago. Otherwise, not much Smash news, but we've got an episode. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we've got something else to talk about, and that is our first batch of third-party reps. Yeah. So, third parties part one, we're talking about Konami and Sega. All right. Both companies that debuted with characters in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, the first Smash Bros. game to have third-party characters. And both... Well, actually, in light of Konami's recent history, it isn't fair to say that both companies are near and dear to my heart. Let's say that both companies have franchises that are near and dear (laughs) to my heart under their umbrella of ownership. Let's talk about Konami. Let's. So, we'll start with with characters, as we always do. Mm Mm-hmm. Because here on A Smashing Theory, we predict characters and other things for the next Super Smash Bros. game coming out for Nintendo Switch. We do do that. And in addition to that, we talk about old things from past Smash games. This is a good intro. I totally forgot to explain this part this time. That's okay. We're just we're just rolling with it. So, our first and only veteran playable Konami character is Solid Snake. From the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Otacon, get me the plans. I have to stop Fox Die. Oh, I can't do it right now. Snake, I've peed myself again. <laughs> I'm in a locker. <laughs> Just peeing. Oh, the pee. Oh, no. Oh. I'm so warm. <laughs> There's pee everywhere. Oh, I peed on my sister and now she's peeing. So, Solid Snake. <laughs> Veteran of the Metal Gear Solid franchise is also a veteran of Smash. Yes. It was very interesting when he was revealed for Super Smash Bros. Yes, for sure. That first Brawl trailer came out with Wario and Zero Suit Samus and Pit. Mm -hmm. And I loved that trailer. That was a really great trailer. And at the very end, the com... The, the, the t- oh yeah 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 the codec yes th- thank you mm. the codec pops up and snake is talking to roy campbell in japanese right and he's like oh we've been invited to super smash brothers and snake says oh that nintendo thing then roy's like uh, will you accept the invitation and snake hesitates and then it just shows Snake's box on the battlefield <laughs> stage while like Mario and Link are fighting and it like slowly right. zooms out. Uh, then, you know, he jumps out of the box. I'm glad that you have an eidetic memory for Nintendo trailers. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and only for Nintendo trailers and other Nintendo related things. It's like a weird superpower. You're like a pseudo X-Man. <laughs> Actually, in high school, some people called me Nintendo. <laughs> it's because one of the popular girls at that school thought that I looked like Mario, but didn't know what Mario's name was, so she called me Nintendo, (laughs) and it stuck. Like, half the school called me that for a while. So, you know, that that can be my X-Man name, just Nintendo, (laughs) and everyone can be confused. Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Xavier, and this is Nintendo. He's new to our school. He has the power to remember every detail of a Nintendo gameplay launch trailer. That is all. <laughs> Goodbye. That's great, bub. We'll get him on the field right away. <laughs> Fucking stick my claws in him. 
ah mon ami you're going to be great uh, you can regale us with stories of nintendo while i defeat magneto with my cards oh her nintendo jesus says <laughs> <laughs> i'm a night crawler <laughs> anyway <laughs> so we're, we're doing a lot of good talk about solid snake yeah who was in brawl <laughs> he <laughs> So this trailer obviously wowed a lot of people because he was the very first third-party character to ever be announced for a Smash game, and one that wasn't super... If you had to assign Snake to one of the big three companies, you'd say Sony, right? You'd say he's a PlayStation character, especially back then. Right, right. Like, this, uh, this announcement came while Metal Gear Solid 4 was in development. That's true. A PS4 exclusive. Nintendo had actually, at the time, only really gotten, what, like, Twin Snakes for the GameCube? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, there was a Metal Gear game for the uh, Game Boy. Oh, right, yeah. And you had, like, the original Metal Gear game, and then that weird sequel that no one actually wanted, Snake's Revenge. Right, right, yes, yes. But generally speaking, I definitely think it's fair to say that, you know, I would consider Solid Snake, especially that time, to be kind of firmly in the Sony camp. Yeah. Sakurai comes out he says yes i decided to put snake in the game because i'm friends with hideo kojima and kojima begged me to put him in <clears throat> and uh you know kojima's like well i wouldn't say that i begged but i'm glad that he's in the game <laughs> i was glad that he was in the game too yeah he, he was he was really cool and um, I'm, a, I'm a big metal gear solid fan yes uh, i don't yes, know that that's are. ground that we've covered on the podcast before daniel's well aware of that oh yeah i yes, really I love that franchise so uh, it was definitely cool to fuck mario up with snake <laughs> yeah actually all the knowledge i have of the metal gear franchise is thanks to sean <laughs> I don't dislike stealth games, but I am terrible at them. So what I've actually done, the way I've experienced Metal Gear, is to have Sean play through games in the franchise in front of me. Like, I played through most of Metal Gear Solid 1 by myself, but I couldn't beat the final boss, so I watched Sean do it, and then I just watched Sean play through the entirety of Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, while he was, like, at my house for a weekend. I enjoyed that. I had a good time with that. Yeah. Um, Solid Snake is very cool in yes. Brawl. He has a... He was very cool altogether, but in Brawl, he <laughs> is also cool. <laughs> he had a very unique moveset, especially for Smash. Mm-hmm. He's sort of this trap-based character who could set down bombs and sort of zone you with his rocket launcher and stuff. Right. And that moveset hasn't been redone at all, so he he remains a pretty pretty unique character. The only thing... That's sort of been taken from him is he had that final smash where he jumps off the screen and then he shows up in a helicopter right. where he's in the foreground and he and he shoots the the grenade know, launcher or yeah, whatever it was. Shoots, yeah. Yeah, she's a grenade launcher people. That ends up becoming Zero Suit Samus's <laughs> final smash in four. Right. But yeah, he's really neat. Um now we get to talk about whether or not we think he's returning. No. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't, unfortunately. Yes. Like, as much as I love him as a character, I feel like if Hideo Kojima was the one who wanted him in there, and now Hideo Kojima and Konami want nothing to do with each other, that's kind of, that's kind of that bridge burned. Yeah, that's exactly right. I agree completely. I think that even if Konami wanted him back in, and really, I, I think 
when this roster's probably been put together around 2016, mm-hmm. that's really that exact window where people were just really mad at Konami for all the decisions they were making about Metal Gear. Yeah. I was mad at Konami during that time in my <laughs> life, for sure. It's very mad at them. So, you know, people are, are still, like, fresh off Konami refusing to let Kojima even accept an award for his work on Phantom Pain. Yeah, that was a bad PR move. <laughs> oh, it was awful, yeah. <laughs> I love that Jeff Keighley called them out on the award show. He did. That. that was the coolest fucking moment. That's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> That was really no, great. you don't you don't mess with Kojima. No, if you're Jeff, like yeah, <laughs> you you not mess with Keeley's boy Kojima, <laughs> his special boy. Yeah, I just think there's so much stuff working against Snake as a returning character. Mm-hmm. There's the fact that Sakurai only put him in uh, because he got to work with Kojima on the character, right? Because Kojima did like collaborate with Sakurai on Snake's. Brawl inclusion. Mm-hmm. The fact that... <laughs> what would this version of Snake even look like? Right. He wouldn't... Would he be voiced by David Hayter? Yeah, would he, voice, <laughs> would he be voiced by David Hayter? Would Kiefer Sutherland take another paycheck for this shit? Just bring Kiefer in. <laughs> oh my god. Like, no, look, I know you played a really serious Snake in Phantom Pain. We need you to be wacky Snake for this game, Kiefer. You gotta be wacky Snake, okay? <laughs> I know you have no experience playing a Snake like that, but play Snake like that right now. That would actually be amazing <laughs> to see, like, Kiefer Sutherland be like, Samus took her clothes off, you know? <laughs> uh, which, which, is a, which is a quote that he says right, in right, Brawl. Right, in Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, either you, either you have, like, Kiefer Sutherland Snake with David Hayter's voice, right. or oh man, just figure out the logistics of it seems like a headache that I wouldn't want to deal with, and I don't think Nintendo would want to deal with it either. No, yeah, I think especially when they're putting the roster together, there's been such a stigma around Metal Gear Solid and Snake that they would just want to avoid putting him in Smash because putting him in Smash just invites more of that discussion. Right? No, I mean it was. The whole Metal Gear franchise was like a minefield at that time, you know, of discourse. Yeah. And that's a shame because, like, I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. I don't want Snake to be in the next Smash game because (laughs) I don't want Konami to get any of the credit for doing that. Yeah. And that's too bad because he was a cool character with a really interesting moveset. And he was such a fun inclusion into that game. Like, you had the codec conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, it's just yeah, like it's too bad that the state of the Metal Gear franchise and the history of Konami is the way it is, but it is the way it is, and we can't go back, you know. Yeah. So assist trophies. Mm-hmm. We had a Gray Fox assist trophy in Brawl. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't think Snake's coming back, so we don't think Gray Fox is coming back either. He just changes it to like a gray palette swap of Star Fox. <laughs> just runs around, and does whatever Gray Fox did. What did Gray Fox do? Uh, just swung his sword around. Okay. Yeah. Swung is a ninja sword around. So let's move on to new character discussion. Okay. So I guess the thing to think of here is, do Nintendo want to work with Konami at all right now? (laughs) Right. Right? Like, I I think it's very clear that they probably don't want anything to do with Metal Gear. I mean, I guess the, the better question might be, did Nintendo want to work with Konami when this game started development, right? Yes. And the answer to that is probably. Okay. So, this game has probably been worked on mid-2016. At this point, Nintendo's going to developers and being like, hey, we are making the Nintendo Switch right now. Mm -hmm. Would you like 
to make a Switch exclusive third party game that we can have ready at launch. Right. And most companies were saying either no, <laughs> I'm looking at this Wii U thing you guys did, and I think <laughs> I'm just going to wait and see how successful the Switch is before my company makes games for it. Right. They're either saying that or they were saying, how about this? I will make a port of an old game and add a little content to it for the Switch version. Right. Uh, you know, Capcom did that with Ultra Street Fighter 2 Turbo or whatever. Right, right. Bethesda did oh, yeah. that with, with Skyrim and Doom <laughs> and Wolfenstein. Actually, they're they're really in on the Nintendo Port City, mm-hmm. which is nice of them. Which is funny because Skyrim, Wolfenstein, and Doom... None of those games are games that I think of, like, if I were to think, like, oh, man, what game should I port to the Switch? None of those <laughs> games would be on my list. Well, there, there they were. Yeah, and all pretty good ports, too, apparently. Well, okay. Doom and Skyrim, anyway. Okay. Wolf, Wolfenstein isn't even out yet. Right, right. There were a couple of companies that said, yeah, we'll we'll make a brand new game for your system mm-hmm. first year. And Konami was one of them. They made Super Bomberman R. Right. Which stayed a Switch exclusive for... Until now, <laughs> like the a PS4, PC, and Xbox version, I think, is coming out mm-hmm. within the next month. Okay, but it was a Switch exclusive for a year and a half. It was kind of funny to see like the Switch's early life cycle because it almost reminds me of like DC trying to catch up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> you know, like no one expected, or at least a lot of people were not expecting the Switch to be a big hit. And then suddenly it's this big hit, and they're like, oh, no, we got to make video games for this console. Oh, shit. Go, go, go. Make games for this console. And then in the same way, DC was like, oh, no, we got to make our own cinematic universe quick. Do the, our version of the Avengers, but, like, one movie in. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Let, yeah, let's, oh, this is so popular. Marvel's doing it. Let's also do it, but badly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, all these yeah. companies are scrambling to give Switch support now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Recently, you've seen all these investors meeting from these third-party companies who have had to say, yes, we're making Switch games right, now. Right. Sorry we weren't <laughs> earlier, but we are making them now. Yes, we're making Phoenix Ride for Switch. Yes, we're we're doing this. We're doing that. And to be fair, prior to the Switch coming out, there was definitely a part of me that was thinking, like, man, maybe Nintendo's on the, cl- on the decline, you know? Like, maybe right. this is the sunset of the Nintendo Empire that I'm witnessing right now. And uh, clearly it was not. Yeah, I had complete faith in the Switch. I mean, you you would. (laughs) But also I understand why you did from a logical standpoint. Yeah. I thought the Switch was great conceptually, you know, throughout most of its development. But when when we were just kind of dealing with the whole Wii U situation and we Mm -hmm. didn't really know about the Switch yet. Yeah. I was a little in the dumps about Nintendo. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you could be blamed for that. Okay. Konami made a launch Switch exclusive. And obviously they were in talks with Nintendo during that time and collaborating with Nintendo on that. Right. So I think since they sort of extended Nintendo that olive branch and created this business relationship Mm -hmm. with them during this time that not a lot of people were taking risks on the Switch yet. Right. I think maybe Nintendo would be open to having Konami characters in Smash. Okay. I could see them going to Sakurai and being like, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, we have this deal with Konami. They want to, they want some of their characters in Smash and Sakurai going, okay, but I'm not putting Snake in. Right. That That's that's sort of the, the situation <laughs> I visualize. Sure. That makes sense. So let's, let's talk about a couple candidates. Cool. So first off, 
We got Simon Belmont from Castlevania. Yeah, speaking of franchises I really dig, I dig a decent chunk of Castlevania. <laughs> what, what's the what's the pause there? Are you thinking of Lords of Shadow or whatever? Right, like specifically, I like the Metroidvanias a lot. Okay. I like a lot of the classic stuff a lot. I liked the weird 3D stuff less. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, really, anytime Castlevania has ventured into three dimensions, it's been kind of like, hmm, wait a minute, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> In particular, uh, that weird fighting game they released for the Wii. Castlevania Judgment. Yes. Not my favorite game in the franchise. Weird character designs. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was a problem for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel as though if you're trying to capture the iconic spirit of a franchise, the first thing you should not do is say, hey, design all of these characters so that they're not like any of the characters you're familiar with. What if Simon Belmont was a leather daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, Castlevania has had, like, over a dozen protagonists over the course of its lifespan. Maybe even dozens, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, a good good amount. They've had, like, the whole Belmont clan in there, and then also John Morris, and also Dracula, (laughs) also Dracula's son, Alucard, and a bunch of weird shit. Yeah, I I think if you're going to make a Castlevania character playable, it should probably be... One of the two most iconic ones, which I think would be Simon Belmont or Alucard, actually. Sure. Alucard would be kind of cool. But if I were to say Castlevania characters in the game, I'd put my money on Simon Belmont. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's just a great, like, representative of classic Castlevania. You could give him moves from throughout the entire franchise because mm-hmm. he's shown up in in old and recent Castlevanias, right? Although, in a weird way, it would almost feel to me like a retro revival, you know? Like, I feel (laughs) the way Nintendo would do it would be to bank really heavily on the nostalgia of the older games. Yeah, kind of like what they did with Pac-Man. Right, And Mega Man, even. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's probably the angle they'd go for. Yeah. I think he'd be really cool. I think he's got a lot of moveset potential. Mm -hmm. All the Um, sub-weapons, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't think Konami cares enough about Castlevania to really, like, push him forward. Okay. At the same time, Capcom didn't really care about Mega Man <laughs> when Mega Man was put in Smash 4. That is true. Nintendo sort of, like, revived him themselves, right. almost. So, I could see them doing something similar for Simon, but I'm not predicting him. I don't think he's that likely. Okay. I think he'd be cool, but I don't think he's that likely. I would love it if they included Simon Belmont in this game, and that caused Konami to make more Castlevania games. I would love that, too. Oh, man. I would adore so that. Great. Also, if Simon Belmont was put in the game, you could make an entire Captain N the Game Master team. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, because Captain N the Game Master had, you know, it had the original characters, but then his three sidekicks were Mega Man, Kid Icarus, and Simon Belmont, who... <laughs> Simon Belmont in Captain N was basically just Gilderoy Lockhart. He was basically just a self-obsessed, like, always looking at himself in the mirror kind of guy who who takes credit for all the victories that the team has, but he's actually kind of a coward and a shitty person. Uh, and he's got, like, just this beautiful head of blonde hair and, like, like a Schwarzenegger chin. Okay. Can I just say that... I love that we've referred to that show more than one episode of this podcast. I love it too, man. (laughs) You can say that. I did say it. (laughs) So, obviously, that's the main reason that he should be playable. (laughs) Right, yes. Yeah. Gotta have that theme team in there. Yeah. I don't think he'll actually be in. That's fair. However, Hmm. 
there's another candidate, and that is Bomberman. Yes. Now, Bomberman is a character that Konami has actually been putting out there lately, mm-hmm. for starters. This is a character that they would want to market. Sure. And I think Bomberman would be a great sort of... So Nintendo has been sort of grabbing third-party reps in each game that have this classic rep, right? They've mm-hmm. they've got some classic history behind them. Mega Man and Pac-Man and Sonic, like, when Smash 4 was doing its marketing, they, they showed a lot of Mario, Mega Man, Sonic, and Pac-Man sort of, like, all in a fight together because it's like, oh, this these are... Like the console wars, like right. the, like you know, like oh, all these sixteen bit and eight bit mm-hmm. like giants are are fighting each other. And Bomberman was sort of the face of the TurboGrafx sixteen back sure. in the day, right? Which was a really big deal in Japan and not so much here <laughs> in the states. And I think Bomberman is one of those characters that even casual people that aren't really into video games like recognize. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy, if, mm-hmm. if they see Bomberman, and similarly with Pac-Man and Mega Man, they're all very iconic, recognizable characters. I think that's definitely fair to say. I could very easily see Bomberman showing up as sort of their new classic callback. I think I could trust Sakurai to make a creative moveset for Bomberman. Me too, you a know. A lot of cool stuff with his bombs. I think that, you know, maybe the Bomberman layman might kind of consider a Bomberman character concept and think to themselves, like well, what kind of moves are you going to have? Are you just going to throw bombs all the time? Right. But, you know, I think that if you kind of look over the whole Bomberman franchise, there's a lot of kind of stuff there, you know, cool yeah. callbacks that you could do. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in the hands of someone who does his homework like Sakurai does. Yeah, I think that Bomberman could be a very cool character. Yeah, when Pac-Man was put in the game, uh, he had a lot of moves taken from Pac-Land, right. you know, which is a game that I don't think a lot of people have played, <laughs> especially prior to 4 coming out. Bomberman could take stuff from Bomberman Hero and a bunch of his other spin-off mm-hmm. games. So, I guess what I'm saying is, I am predicting Bomberman. Alright, yeah. I'm on board for that. Yeah, I I just think there's a lot of stuff about him that just lines up really well. He's super iconic. Nintendo and Konami, they do have a favorable relationship right now. Mm-hmm. I think if they put out Snake, even casual fans are going to be like, Oh, hey, Metal Gear, isn't that that... Right. The company where the guy that made it got fired <laughs> and the the company was really shitty about it. When people see Bomberman, they don't necessarily think Konami. Right. They just think, oh, Bomberman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a good feeling about Bomberman, and I'm, I'm officially predicting Bomberman in Smash 5. Cool. I like that prediction, and I do not disagree with it for once. <laughs> You don't disagree with me a lot, actually. Like that's all. Well, I mean, I, uh, I, yeah. When it comes to predictions, you've only sort of uh, pushed against my grain like a couple times so far. That's fair, but uh, I don't disagree with you this time either. In that case, <laughs> and really, as far as you disagreeing with me goes, the night is still young. Yeah, relatively. We and... shall see, Daniel, <laughs> whether I disagree with you later. <laughs> Especially since. Third party is going to be, like, really hard to predict because ultimately I think there's, like, a dozen different possible third party (laughs) characters that could be in. Right. But we're, obviously we're going to get less than half that many in the game. So narrowing it down to which ones I'm officially predicting, that's a toughie. Yeah. I feel like once we get away from third party organizations that haven't previously had representation in Smash, it's going to feel more like we're just making shit up. (laughs) Uh, So that'll be interesting. Well... Yes, it will. Stay tuned. (laughs) 
So moving on to bosses, there weren't any bosses in Smash Brawl from right. Konami, and they didn't even show up for four. So I guess we could think about new bosses. I think like if Snake happened to come back, you could do any Metal Gear. Sure. But he's not coming back. If right. they did Castlevania, you could have Death. Ah, uh, yeah, with the little mini sides flying around. Yeah. Uh, that could be cool. Um, Pyramid Head from Silent Hill would be cool. <laughs> He'd be cool. It's just kind of funny to imagine that, like, you know, <laughs> you're just, like, playing Smash, you know, like, you're kind of having a good time playing this rated T for Teen game, and then suddenly a huge fucking shirtless man wielding a giant, bloody, rusty fucking cleaver just shows up, swinging that around, chasing you or what, I don't know, whatever he'd do. <laughs> perfect! The perfect <laughs> Smash character! I don't know who would represent Bomberman as a boss. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There have been a lot of Bomberman bosses that I've liked, but none of them scream, include me in Smash to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So I guess I'd be interested to see if they decided to do a Bomberman boss, what they decided to do. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to stages. Let's do. There's been one old stage. Right. And that is Shadow Moses Island. Yes. Uh, What's What uh, Metal Gear game is that from? That is from Metal Gear Solid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Shadow cool. Moses Shadow Moses Island is the island you're on in that game. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And Shadow Moses Island was a cool stage. It sort of had like multiple levels you can jump onto. There was a spotlight that sort of like, you know, attracted <laughs> you and if if it landed on you, the exclamation point would pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh it had walk-off areas. Right. And yeah, it was a neat stage, fun to play on. Also there was some uh kind of background environmental stuff going on that I like. There's, like, Metal Gear stomping around and stuff like yeah, that. that yeah, really like cool. Metal, yeah, Metal Gear would, like, break off part of the wall and then yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of stomp around, yeah. And, of course, the most fun thing about it is the famous Easter egg yes. that the stage had, where if you played on the stage as Snake and you mashed the taunt buttons real <laughs> hard, he would get in his box, stay in his box, and then Kodak conversation would pop up, and the conversation would relate to one of the opponents that Snake was fighting in Smash. Such a cool fucking Easter egg. Yeah. Really great, unique conversations for every character in that game. And I'm glad that even though Snake didn't come back, they kept that gimmick for stages in 4, like the Star Fox stages Mm -hmm. and... Kid Icarus, right? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Pit stage in Smash 4 does that, and it's great. I really like that stage. (laughs) Obviously, we don't think Snake's coming back, so that's not coming back either. Right. Which is a shame. In terms of new stages, we think Bomberman is going to debut in this game, mm-hmm. but I can't really think of any Bomberman stages. Bomberman is kind of a top-down game, you know? How do you translate that into a, into a Smash stage where the perspective is sideways? I was just thinking about that, actually. Yeah? You could do, I think, a retro-style stage where you're looking at the top-down view, but you're jumping around on it kind of as though... Like, gravity is affecting you differently from the 8-bit Bomberman that are running around on the stage. Right? Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. climbing the state right. That's what I was thinking about. That's really interesting. I like that. And then, like, bombs would be, like, stage hazards. Exactly. That's really neat. I like that a lot. Thank you. Dracula's Castle would be a great stage if Castlevania was involved. I agree. So, yeah, let's move on to items. Okay. There weren't any Metal Gear items in Brawl. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, because most of the items in that game are, like, military-grade weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they? yeah, exactly. In terms of new items, I'm, like, I'm not sure what you'd use from Bomberman besides a bomb. But one thing that's been kind of cool is that, for example, we'll be talking about this in the next episode, Namco Bandai 
had a bunch of items from games that were in Pac-Man, like right. as as Smash Bros. items. Like Galaga was an item, you mm-hmm. know. So I I think they could do something like that with Konami, just like have nods to other Konami games. Okay. For example, maybe like Holy Water or like the Cross. Like, sure, you know, like those... one of the, one of the sub weapons. Yeah, right? one of the yeah. sub weapons from Castlevania. That'd be cool. That'd be neat. Yeah. Um, I do think that with regards to Bomberman items, one thing that you could do is, you know, when you're playing Bomberman, you're kind of breaking these bricks with your bombs, mm-hmm. and sometimes there'll be power-ups under there that give you different benefits. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun to have a power-up item where it scrolls through all these different Bomberman power-ups, and they buff your character in some way. Like, you get the roller skates, and you're running around faster Ooh. for a little while. Oh, yeah, that's You nice. get the skull icon, and you're just dropping bombs behind yourself that blow up and hurt everyone around you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd like, be I fun. I think that kind of having a roulette-style item would be a really neat nod to the Bomberman franchise. Oh, man. I really like that, actually. That's really cool. Cool. I can tell that you like it because you're doing that thing with your eyebrows that you do when you really sincerely like something that I've said. Can you describe that for the audience? Yes. You kind of, you kind of like, bring them down and then knit them in a way that makes it seem as though you're either thinking really hard about something or just, like, pooping. <laughs> <laughs> your idea is so good, it makes me poop. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> great so let's talk about soundtracks okay one thing third-party games represented in smash don't tend to get a lot of remixes they just sort of dump a whole bunch of songs that already exist right however the first third-party franchise we got did get a brawl remix of the main theme from metal gear solid 4 okay it was even called the brawl version mm-hmm. but other than that it was mostly just a bunch of just copy-pasted songs from previous Metal Gear games. Right. The Brawl version of the Metal Gear Solid 4 main theme is actually an unlockable within Metal Gear Solid 4. But it's <laughs> called, it's called like the action version or something. That's cute. Yeah. It'd be nice in general to see some third-party remixes, I think. I agree. <laughs> and actually getting a remix of the Bomberman theme would be amazing. That'd make a lot of sense. Yeah. My dream, you know, if Bomberman is included, is... um. Let's open some listener mail. Ooh, yeah. Vinny G says, Since last week was the retro episode, we'll start with the most retro of characters Konami owns, Frogger. <laughs> of course, Frogger could just be an assist trophy. Get him and Frogger jumps on all fighters in the horizontal path. But I say, why stop there? Why not make Frogger a full-fledged fighter? Worried about a lack of moveset? Don't be. For his B attack, Frogger could shoot out his tongue. For his up B attack, Frogger could super jump. For his down B, Frogger could rib it and send out a small shockwave. Oh, and for the final smash, trucks. Everybody gets hit by trucks. The character writes itself. Frogger is a Duck Hunt Dog style curveball I genuinely believe could be a lot of fun to play. I like your ambition there, Vinny G. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's that's about as eloquently stated, you know, a case for uh, Frogger can be, I think. Yeah, now, like, I didn't think, I didn't even, like, think of Frogger as a possibility before I read this, and that would be really cool. Yeah. I could see that kind of curveball happening. I don't think Frogger will be in Smash 4. Okay. Just because Bomberman has a lot of that retro Konami rep. Right. Ground covered. Mm-hmm. But Frogger is a great pick. Thanks, Vinny. Yes. Sean's childhood friend Lonnie's back. My main man. And he had kind of a similar idea to our friend Vinny, but put it in a different direction. Okay. Lonnie says, Speaking of retro bombs from our past, 
How about some fucking Goemon, the mystical ninja? <laughs> He's got that pipe, chain pipe, and motherfucking impact D dash dash. Ebi Maru and Ye would make for fun cameos. Plus, there's that Sasuke robot toy that always needs those batteries. Plasma <laughs> Man, Corrupted Odeo Castle, that weird stone golem boss. Ugh, now I need to find the ROM. <laughs> Lonnie and I both have uh, an extraordinary nostalgic fondness for, in particular, <laughs> Mystical Ninja 64. Yeah. Um, we both really love that game. And I hadn't even thought about the idea of including Goemon and Smash until we uh, until I looked down our outline and saw this suggestion from Lonnie. So thank you, Lonnie. <laughs> My gut is telling me that he's not a likely inclusion. I agree with that. But I think that he'd be a really fun inclusion. He would um, be really fun. I think there's a lot of neat kind of callbacks that you could do to uh, his moves in previous games, the various kind of things that he does. Yeah. And I also think that um, there's a lot of fun stages that you could draw on from the franchise. Yeah, yeah. In particular, in uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon for the 64, there's this level where you're inside of a submarine underground, <laughs> under the water. And within that submarine, the submarine is just kind of made up of various Chinese food dishes. <laughs> so you're like swimming around in wonton soup and then you're jumping across dumplings and all this other kind of stuff like that. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, stages like that that really pop visually and uh, would be fun to include. Man, that and Lonnie's just pure, raw, unbridled passion for Goemon <laughs> in this email make me wish that he would be playable cool. in Smash 5. Not predicting him, but cool suggestion. Thanks, Lonnie. Yes, agreed. And with that, let's move on to Sega. Yeah! Sega! Starting right off the bat, Sonic the Hedgehog debuted in Brawl. Yes. Now, Sonic... It's funny because he basically delayed the game. <laughs> Sakurai, you know, announced Brawl. It was like, yeah, Solid Snake's in it. I wasn't really planning on putting any other third-party characters in this game, but if you guys really want another one, let me know, I guess. <laughs> and millions of fucking people told him to put Sonic in the game. They talked to Sega, and Sega was like, yeah... Which made Sonic the last character to be developed for the game, like, on the tail end of the game's development. Right. And they sort of stuff him into Subspace Emissary at the last minute. Which I, not having the context, was disappointed by. Right. Uh, I didn't know for a very long time that that was why Sonic just shows up at the very, very end of the Subspace <laughs> Emissary. Uh, yeah. So, good to know. Yeah. But we only had to wait an extra few months for the game, and... Then he showed up, and he was great. Yeah, he's a really cool addition. Yeah, he definitely feels like Sonic. He's got his spin dashes, he's got his spring, mm -hmm. turns into Super Sonic for his final Smash. To an extent, playing a Sonic in Smash kind of just feels like playing Sonic in Sonic. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of. His playstyle means that I actually don't play as Sonic much. <laughs> right. He's not really my playstyle, but I am really glad he's in the game, and it's always really great to see him and... And all the representation from the Sonic franchise that he brings to Smash. I agree. He came back for four. He's the only third-party returning character thus far. <laughs> and I, I think he's pretty much a lock for five. I would be really surprised if he wasn't in five. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that's going to stop Sonic from appearing in every Smash game 
for the rest of Smash history is if Nintendo and Sega have some big falling out or Sega gets acquired by Microsoft or Sony or something. Or if Dr. Robotnik gets all the Chaos Emeralds and then roboticizes Sonic. He'd have a hard time showing up for Smash because he'd be Metal Sonic. Well, then Metal Sonic would just be in Smash. I don't think Dr. Robotnik would want him to be in Smash. Metal Sonic does what he wants. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Forgive me. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think Sonic is an absolute luck. Then in Smash 4, Sega gave us another character from their stable, Bayonetta. Man, I would not have predicted this character. I did predict this character. That is true, and you did a good job, and I would have been wrong. (laughs) I just would not have predicted that Bayonetta would have been in Smash. Yeah, I ended up being right, because the predictions weren't tallied for this contest that I entered until Nintendo announced that development of Smash was 100% over. Right. But for a long time, I thought that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I think I just didn't appreciate what a big deal Bayonetta was. Like, I didn't realize that she warranted inclusion in Smash, I think. Well, I think the thing is, is that Nintendo... Nintendo funded Bayonetta 2 out of their own pocket to make it a Wii U exclusive. Right. So, that made her a big deal to Nintendo. Okay. And it's kind of funny, when we were starting to get, like, the Smash information, Zero Suit Samus got announced as a standalone character. hmm And the changes that they made to Zero Suit Samus... I looked at her and went, oh no, they were working on Bayonetta, (laughs) and then they changed it to Zero Suit Samus, Right. and now we're not getting Bayonetta. Like, I got (laughs) got worried at that halfway point. Sure. Because, like, they gave Zero Suit Samus high heels for some reason. Right. They gave her new special moves that Bayonetta could feasibly have, and and you look at her character model in uh, early footage of Smash 4, for some reason Zero Suit Samus... Only has like one gun, but both of her hands are clenched as if they're mm-hmm. holding guns. Right. And it's like, oh no, that was a Bayonetta character model and they changed it. Like, I really enjoyed playing as Zero Suit Samus, but I definitely was thinking to myself while playing her, like, this is a weird moveset to give Zero Suit Samus. <laughs> uh, so I definitely get where you're coming from there. Uh, so even if there was a situation where they started to work on Bayonetta and changed their mind for whatever reason, what happened later is that there's a thing called the Smash Ballot, mm-hmm. where a bunch of people sent in characters that they wanted to be playable in Smash. Right. And they took one result from the Smash Ballot, and that was Bayonetta, mm-hmm. who was the most voted character in Europe. And apparently the most uh, the way they worded it is, she was the most voted on character worldwide that they could acquire, that they could use for okay. Smash. Which implied something like, all you assholes voted for Goku and we're not putting Goku in this game. Right. Bayonetta's like third place. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> we'll put Bayonetta in the game, you dicks. Okay. This is all, of course, super speculative. I Right, no, They no. never showed us the ballot. I'm sure that a cabal of Nintendo executives weren't going, you dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Reggie, like, you know, just sit in his chair, feet up on on his uh, president table. <laughs> I'm very excited about our next game, you dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say kick your ass on a, on a live stream at one point, so yeah, true. I guess I can't uh, put it past him. The, the way he introduced himself way back at his first E3, before he was even president, he was just like a spokesman for Nintendo. Right. He said, hey... 
I'm Reggie. I'm about kicking ass and taking names. And today we're going to talk about games. <laughs> I love Reggie so much. <laughs> like... It's so funny to me because there's a degree to me that thinks that, like, for a long time, he really didn't understand the Reggie memes, you know? <laughs> I think that he's kind of embraced it over time. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, he sure has. But definitely there was a period of time where people were making Reggie memes, and Reggie <laughs> was just sitting there going, I don't know what this is. <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah, I did love that phase where he started, like, embracing them. I remember... I remember like an E3 where he was just like, yes, my body was ready. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, brother. I was like, yeah, good, good, good. Embrace it. Embrace (laughs) your stupid memes, Reggie. Then later he embraced them too much, but we're getting off topic. A little bit. (laughs) Really, I should just devote an episode to Reggie. (laughs) Will he be in Smash 5? (laughs) (laughs) He already is. Just making me look like Reggie. Oh yeah, that like he that's that's the way they advertise the Me Fighters actually. <laughs> oh, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so was there anything else you wanted to say about Bayonetta? Yeah, I think she's coming back. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, uh, Bayonetta three is coming as a Switch exclusive again. Uh, Bayonetta one and two are on the platform. I think it. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of strange if Bayonetta didn't come back. I'm fine with her coming back. I never played her, but she seems fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's. She's considered, like, double S tier in competitive play. I think she'll come back, and I think she'll have some changes to her moveset that makes her less broken, basically. Hopefully she won't get meta-knighted into utter uselessness. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I think her kit will just change so that she's still useful, but not, like, overwhelming right. most of the cast. That's what my gut's telling me, anyway. Okay. I trust your gut. Thanks. Thanks. That's my gut. <laughs> Good. So assist trophies. Mm-hmm. We got Shadow the Hedgehog in Brawl and Four. Chaos Control, which is what he does when he shows up as an assist trophy. Yes, just chaos control, and everyone slows down or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Everything slows down except for the person that summoned him. And yeah, there's which is also how chaos control works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there he is. There's Shadow. You know, Son- Sonic's rival sneering imperiously and crossing his arms yeah well i don't think he crosses his arms in the assist trophy i think he's sneering imperiously and doing a thing with his arms <laughs> uh yeah i don't think it'll get promoted to playable nah and that's fine yes i, I agree yeah so let's talk about smash four costumes we okay. actually got a decent chunk of costumes from across sega stable of stuff so we got Akira and Jackie from Virtua Fighter as brawler costumes. Right. And, you know, they're, they, yep, they look like them virtual, virtual fighter characters. I think it's cool that they got their representation. I think that's as far as it'll go. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever be playable because <laughs> I, I, I think Ryu is really the one like traditional fighting game character from outside Nintendo that they'll put in Smash. And if they were to include a Virtua Fighter character, that would be a weird fighting game to choose, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you'd think that Tekken would be next in line. Right. But we can talk about that next episode. Ooh. And then Tails and Knuckles from Sonic. Tails was a gunner costume mm-hmm. and Knuckles was a brawler costume. That makes sense. Cuz he doesn't chuckle, he'd rather flex mm. his muscles. <laughs> Now, I think this, we need to have a slightly longer conversation about whether or not they're playable, because I think what a lot of, I've seen a lot of people asking for 
Tails or Knuckles or even Amy Rose mm-hmm. to be like added to Smash. Like Sonic has been in Smash for two games now, going on three, and a lot of people think that he deserves another rep from his franchise. Sure. And I think he could make cool movesets for either Tails or Knuckles. I think so too. In particular with regard to Tails, I think that he's another fun contender for like a mecha character. Yeah. Because you know? he had that kind of power suit that he was going around in in Sonic yes. Adventure 2. Oh, that'd be really dope. I don't think they'd go that route if they made Tails playable. I think he'd just be like a cool gadget character. That's And fair. maybe the mech's his final smash. Ooh, I like that. I think they deserve on some level to be playable. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's happening. I don't think a third-party franchise is ever going to have more than one representative. Now that's a bold prediction. Like, until we're like seven games into the Smash franchise, <laughs> I just think that Sonic will be the only Sonic character that's playable in Smash. Okay. They are guests, and and they don't get to bring a plus one, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely get you there. And that's a good thing, because... It's a, it's a good thing that we don't have to speculate about any more Bayonetta characters, because I don't know who any of them are. <laughs> yeah. I know who Bayonetta is, and that's all that I know about the uh, whole franchise. There's there's John or Jean. She wears a red jumpsuit and is blonde. Yeah, I've never seen that character before. <laughs> yeah, she's she was in a lot of promotional material for two. Okay. Um, I think she could be an assist trophy in okay. five, actually. Bayonetta's sort of rival slash friend slash partner uh, character. Gotcha. That, that trope. That trope, indeed. So let's talk about new characters. Yeah. So first off, Sean, you and I are big Sega fans. We are. We grew up with the Genesis, both of us. We did. Are there any, like, dream Sega characters you know won't be in, but you would love to see in the game? <laughs> um, yes, actually, there are. I am a huge fan of the Streets of Rage franchise. <laughs> I love all three of those games. I love the Streets of Rage remake that Bomber Games made. I would love for there to be representation from that franchise in the latest Smash. I'm 100% confident that there won't be. Yeah. I would just love for any of those characters, Axel, Blaze, anybody, to be in the next Smash. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that they won't be, but that would be really cool. That would be very cool. I agree. But I think you're right. I think maybe we'll get like, if anything, like a Streets of Rage song on the next Punch-Out stage for Ooh, some reason. I would like that. Yeah, but but that's the best case scenario, and I don't think that's likely at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? <laughs> My dream Sega character would be Sketch Turner from Comic Zone. Of course it fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> I love Comic Zone! No, I do too. Comic yeah. Zone is a really cool game. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite games ever. For those of you who may not be in the know... Mm-hmm. Uh, comic Zone is kind of a beat 'em up where you're playing as a comic author who has been sucked into his comic, and so yeah. you're fighting like literally within the panels of the comic and yeah. like busting through one panel to get to the next one. And it's it's a very very visually it's a very cool game. Yeah, very excellent fun abilities. Yeah, Sketch has just a cool arsenal. He has a pet rat named Roadkill that he oh, can send right. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, Roadkill, like, you know, so that could be, like, a little trap he sets out. Roadkill, like, scurries around and electrocutes people. <laughs> oh, man, Roadkill would be a great assist trophy, actually. That's, that's true. Like, because Roadkill also, like, sort of, like, scratches, like, at the page and, like, finds hidden items and stuff. And Sketch has a lot of items he throws out, like dynamite and knives and stuff. He turns into a comic book superhero for one of his, like, specials. Right. So that could be his final smash right there. That makes sense. He will never, ever 
be in Smash Bros. in any way, shape, or form. Man, that'd be great, though. Yeah, I just wish Sega would make, like, a Sega All-Stars fighting game. They made Sega All-Stars everything else. They made, like, tennis. They made (laughs) Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing. That's true. And they just didn't make a fighting game, and I'm so sad. I would love for Sketch Turner to have been in, like, a cell-shaded car for All-Stars racing. Oh, that would have been dope. Yeah. Sketch Turner always getting shafted. (laughs) Getting rubbed out. So let's talk about characters that actually have, like, a modicum of likelihood. Okay. So there's Alex Kidd. Right. You know, he's one of Sega's very first characters. He was sort of their attempt at a mascot for the Sega Master System. Sure. He didn't really pick up. Uh, Apparently, Alex Kidd was initially a Dragon Ball game (laughs) where Alex Kidd was just Goku Suddenly, all the rock, paper, scissors stuff in Alex Kidd makes more sense because that's sort of a a thing that was happening in Dragon Ball, the original, not Z. Right. (laughs) In Z. Like, Mm. Kakarot, in order to settle our blood feud and determine who will lead the Saiyan race, we must play rock, paper, scissors. I lost. (laughs) Damn it. I guess I'll die. That did not happen in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Actually, Vegeta and Goku fought a lot. Yeah. For they, those of you who may not have known. Thank you, Sean. No problem. I'm sure they all really appreciate that. I, I don't think Alex Kidd will actually be in Smash. He's a neat little character, a neat little piece of Sega history. Yeah, like in the in the RPM triangle, the relevance is a little a little bit not there at all. Yeah, exactly. I don't like I feel like the entire United States <laughs> would see Alex Kidd get announced and be like, who? Right, right. And I don't think you want that for a third-party character. Maybe no. for a Maybe for a first-party retro rep, but not, not a third-party guest. I'm inclined to agree. Here's a character that people would recognize, especially in the year 2018. Mm-hmm. Kazuma Kiryu from Yakuza. Ah, yes. Now, I think, personally, that Kazuma would be way more at home in a game like Tekken. Sure. Like, Kazuma Kiryu is a Tekken 7 guest character <laughs> would be amazing. That is true. That'd be really great. I do think that there's a lot of fun kind of solid Snake-style Smash stuff that you could do with him, though. You know? Yeah. Instead of him, like, pulling out a gun and murdering you, <laughs> as he might do in Yakuza, or really he, just beating the shit out of you yeah, or he, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do guns. Um, You know, I mean, maybe for his up B, he could, like, pull out a chicken and float across the stage or <laughs> whatever. Like, there's, that's such a wacky franchise that I yes. feel like there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with it. Oh, absolutely. That'd be really great. Yakuza doesn't really have any history on Nintendo platforms. And that's only one of several reasons I don't think he's that likely. Sure. He's a character that Nintendo fans aren't really asking for. Right. So I don't think he'll be in Smash, but I'd love to see him in a fighting game someday. Me too. But speaking of popular and relevant characters, Sega, in the recent past, has acquired the company Atlas. Yeah. And so they own the rights to Persona 5. And Joker, the protagonist of Persona 5, would be a great Smash character. I agree. Yeah, he's got the relevance, he's got the popularity, and that moveset potential would be insane. He could use his Persona for various things. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
there is a mechanic in Persona Five where you sort of like stealth around, right. like sort of like uh, your shadow like warps from place to place, and that'd be a great little move for Joker. He could just be the Sly Cooper of this game. Oh my Sly god! Sly Cooper was in PlayStation <laughs> All Stars Battle Royale, and yeah. instead of blocking, he just went invisible. Yeah, and he was so great. I really loved playing as him. Um, so it'd be fun to have a similar character in Smash. Yeah, man, Joker would be really awesome. So much cool Persona representation could happen not just from five but from the persona series in general yeah you could have just chie sadanaka like a trophy you know <laughs> uh, oh that'd be great yeah and yeah you could have like an assist trophy from somewhere else in the persona franchise like teddy or something although a morgana <laughs> assist trophy would be awesome i hope oh, they, yeah, they really pass great. that up yeah i think joker out of the sega franchises that haven't already been represented mm-hmm. i think I think Joker is the most likely. Persona 5 technically like, hasn't shown up on the Switch yet. It right. hasn't shown up on Nintendo at all. But I think the fact that the Persona franchise does have some Nintendo representation, like Persona mm-hmm. Q and stuff. Sure, sure. I think they would sort of say, okay, to that the same way they said, okay, to Cloud being, right. being in Smash 4, even though Final Fantasy 7 has never been on a Nintendo platform. That makes sense. Because Final Fantasy, at least, has been on Nintendo platform, and I do know that Cloud has technically been in things like Theat Rhythm and Kingdom sure. Hearts Chain of Memories, but we all know that's not the reason he's in Smash, so I think they could yeah. make a similar exception for Joker. I don't think I'm officially predicting him, okay? but he's one of those characters where I could see him being in. Nice. He's like in this prediction limbo for me, where I only have a certain amount of characters that i can realistically predict from these third parties but if i could predict all of them (laughs) that i thought were at some level of likelihood joker would be in that pile okay but yeah i'm not taking that risk with joker that's fair i'm definitely in kind of a situation where my logical mind my spock if you will (laughs) is kind of going you know like actually there's a I can definitely see how Joker could be in the game. You know, you've yeah. got this and that going for it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then my heart, my Kirk, is going, but actually, no, he's not going to be in the game. <laughs> <laughs> not for any good reason, but I don't know. I just have a feeling. My gut can't actually make up its mind on Joker. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to leave Joker behind, but Joker would be cool. Listeners, if your gut has a mind, see a doctor. Shouldn't be there. Gut should not have mind. Let's talk about bosses. Okay. So Sega hasn't had any actual bosses represented throughout Smash, but in the Smash Run mode, mm-hmm. uh, the Egg Robo shows up a lot. Okay. But Egg Robo is not a boss. You know who is a boss? Who is? Dr. Eggman. Oh my gosh. You're <laughs> I, absolutely right. I would love a new like adventure mode, like Subspace Emissary style, mm-hmm. where Sonic and Mega Man have to team up to fight Eggman and Dr. Wily. <laughs> Like, the two of them, like, make a giant robot together, and, you know, you have access to Sonic and Mega Man for that fight. That'd be really great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, basically, I'm just saying the plot of Sonic and Mega Man Worlds Collide, an Archie comic that came out. But this, you'd get to play. Yeah, exactly. Like, it deserves (laughs) to be a video game. For sure. Yeah, you deserve to be able to do that in a video game. That would be a cool little wink and a nod. (laughs) Fun side note about Sonic and Mega Man Worlds Collide. The most popular fan dub for that comic on YouTube has voice performances from both myself and Sean. That's true. I play Dr. Eggman in that thing. Yeah, and I'm the voice of Bass, uh, Mega Man's 
rival robot. And you know, from Daniel's kind of on-air personality, if you will, you might not expect that he'd be able to carry base, but he does a great fucking job. <laughs> he just is base in that series. Um, so definitely check it out if you want to hear Daniel playing against type and if you want to hear me playing Eggman, which <laughs> I love doing and will do it literally any opportunity. His Eggman is amazing. It's really good. Yes. <laughs> Another boss is, I don't know, there's a lot of giant monsters in Bayonetta. You could have some <laughs> big old Bayonetta monster. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad that you, uh, you, you, you've got some in-depth Bayonetta knowledge. Oh, here yeah, big, sure old, big old Bayonetta monster. Audience. I just... Kill him with her hair. She beat him up. I, I have to. I, I'm similarly in the dark about which giant Bayonetta monster it would be, but I have to assume that there is some boss character in Bayonetta that would make a good boss in Smash. Oh, for sure. Let's move on to stages. Yes. So we have a few stages that have been in Smash. Mm-hmm. The first was our very first Sonic stage, the Green Hill Zone in Smash Bros. Brawl. Yeah. Which was a nice little 3D rendition of... The classic Green Hill Zone stage. It had the loop in the center. Mm-hmm. One of those stages where you just have like a floor throughout the whole stage. Right. But the some of the middle parts of that floor would like break, mm-hmm. right? Would like shatter. <laughs> and then you'd... As floors the, in Sonic do. Yes. And then they'd they'd end up like having platforms in the center. It was a neat stage. I, I liked so. it. Yeah. Yeah. It came back for the 3DS version of 4. I could see it coming back yet again. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, if if we were to get a returning Sonic stage, I imagine that that would be it. Okay. Then, in Smash 4, uh, the Wii U version, mm-hmm. we got Windy Hill Zone <laughs> from Sonic Lost Worlds. Daniel and I have a bit of a history with this stage, <laughs> and I'd just like to bring that up in the podcast now because it's super relevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> Whenever Daniel gets on that stage, if a theme from one of the 3D Sonic games is playing that he knows, he sings that theme the entire time that he's fighting, and it gives him power. It doesn't matter what character he's playing as, it's like usually Mega Man, not a Sonic character. He will just destroy my entire body on that stage because he gets his energy from that theme. Hanging on the edge of tomorrow! If you can't tell... I'm less fond of that than he is, <laughs> but it sure does happen every time. Live and learn. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, live and learn and city escape. If that song is playing, I win the match. So I don't have a great association with that stage, <laughs> but that's fine. It's a fun stage. I actually like. I actually also really like it as a stage. It's got a lot of cool stuff going on. It's got sort of that that long platform on the left side, but it's also got this kind of windmill on the right side. Yeah. Uh, Definitely design-wise, it actually is like a really neat stage. There's yeah. a lot of fun stuff to do on it. And it gives your boy Daniel 100% win rate. Okay. So <laughs> if a song with vocals is not playing, I do worse on the stage. It's true. <laughs> Don't know why. It's uh, science. <laughs> and our last returning stage is from Bayonetta which was added as DLC alongside Bayonetta for Smash 4, Mm -hmm. the Umbra Clock Tower. Like, you're at the top of a clock tower, sort of the circular platform in the center of the stage, and all this wacky stuff is sort of happening in the background around the stage. Very, very visually fancy and and neat stage. Nice. And had a lot of jamming Bayonetta music on it. I think it could come back, especially since, you know... It's the stage that we got to see for the shortest amount of time. Right. I've Smash never 4. played on it myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, I could see it coming back. But let's talk about some new stages. Ooh, like what? So the first thing we could obviously talk about is a new Sonic the Hedgehog stage. I feel like we'll get a new Sonic stage in 5. Yeah. And when it comes to making a prediction on that, there's two things that are sort of like making war in my head, right? Mm-hmm. There's what I want to be the Sonic <laughs> stage and what I think will actually happen. I see. I want a Sonic Mania stage in Smash 5. I think everyone does, probably. <laughs> I think we're getting a Sonic Forces stage in Smash 5. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly what's happening. So if we're getting a Sonic Mania stage, Studiopolis Zone, I think would be uh, amazing. Yeah, that'd be really great. Right? Because, yeah, that just... That distinctly and specifically represents Sonic Mania. It was one of Mania's original stages. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, such a cool spin on the standard, like, casino stage. Yes. Right? It's got great music. It's just got, like, really great visuals, really great colors, really pops out. It'd be really just super fun to fight on the Studiopolis zone stage. I agree. But I don't think we're getting a Sonic Mania stage. I, I do think... We're getting a stage representing Sonic Forces, and it's going to like, uh, it's going to be that backdrop of the exploding of the city that's being like destroyed right. by giant Eggman robots. Yeah, I think they'll be in the background. Sometimes they'll like sort of enter the foreground as stage hazards. Sure. Imagine if that was the stage this time that had the codec conversation gimmick. I was just about to say that. I <laughs> like because here's the one thing that I would love about that stage mm-hmm. in Sonic Forces. Whenever you go through a stage. You, uh, you're a member of the Resistance, and all of Sonic's friends are, too. So you keep getting paged by the members of the Resistance, like Knuckles right. and and uh, and Rouge the Bat and stuff, and they're all, like, cheering you on and telling you what to do next. It would, <laughs> it would be, it would actually be kind of great if a bunch of Sonic's friends were doing commentary on Smash characters. But imagine if it was just tonally like Sonic Forces. Like, Rouge is like, ooh, who's that girl in the dress? And then Knuckles goes, shut up, Rouge. People are dying every day out here in this wasteland. And Sonic is being tortured. No, I, I think they could make it fun because they... they, they I mean, ruined... I'm sure they would. Yeah. I don't, to be clear, I don't think that's what's going to yeah. happen. It's just, I, I find that game hilarious. Yes, because... <laughs> For all yeah. the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sonic got good news and bad news. The good news is that Sonic is alive. The bad news is that he's been tortured for the last oh six my God. months. But no, I, like, I just imagine, like, a lot of, like, the, so- <laughs> the, the Sonic Forces, like, dialogue that can happen about, about Smash characters. It just makes me smile, you know? It's like, hey, hey, Tails! That fox has got a lot of high tech gear. Are you guys related or something? <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I just when you mentioned like Sonic being tortured for six months, I just can't help but imagine like now you'll tell me about the resistance. Tell me everything I want to know, or the torture will continue. Ow, Eggman! Stop poking me with that hot poker. I told you everything I know. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment. There. Yeah, I th- I think we're getting a Sonic Forces stage, and I think it will have that Easter egg where if you mash taunt a Sonic on the stage, seven hundred of Sonic's friends will talk about what a nice dress Rosalina has. I hope that that is true. Not spe- <laughs> not like not like hyper specifically what you just said, <laughs> but broadly, yeah, I hope that what you just said is true. As far as other stages mm-hmm. from other franchises, 
The Bayonetta 2 demo has a really cool sequence where where Bayonetta is chasing a monster through the city and the monster is just like wrecking everything. Okay. Uh, what's funny is we just talked about a city being wrecked for Sonic Forces, <laughs> but but the monster, the Bayonetta monster wrecking a city stage just uh, feels like very different. Like, first of all, visually it looks way different. Sure. L- less oblique, a lot more colorful and like okay. jazzy and <laughs> it, 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 like pops and right. um, yeah, very, very visually striking, right? It's just kind of funny to think that, like, we have two franchises that have destroyed cities in them, and the one that's colorful and jazzy is not Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. But, like, for a lot of it, Bayonetta's sort of riding the monster, like, she's on top of the monster, like, as it's stampeding through the city. Okay. And you, like, on the monster going through the city would be a cool stage, I think. Ooh, that is cool. That's a cool idea. And finally, on the off chance that Joker does show up... The areas that you sort of infiltrate are all called palaces right. in Persona 5, and the casino palace, mm-hmm. palace in Persona 5 that, that is a casino, right. would be just really cool. I like. I think that's a really iconic part of Persona 5. It's how it opens Joker in that casino. Yeah, I think so too. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, you could uh, ha- sort of have like a roulette minigame, like uh-huh. as one of the stage hazards. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, like, I do think, to be clear, that if Joker's a character, that's the most likely palace to be made into a stage. Yes. So there's a lot of cool palaces that would make a lot of cool stages. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Like, very just kind of aesthetically striking and really different from one another. Like, I don't want to get into it too much because it's kind of spoilery. But, you know, I I definitely think that people who've played through the game will know that, you know, there's a lot of really great stage material in the game. I agree with that, Hardcore. I really just want... I really want a Persona 5 stage to be in there because the amount of music, the the soundtracks they could put in... Just the theme that plays in the casino would be great. Mm -hmm. Just several battle tracks from various Persona games. Sure. Oh, man. Oh, would be... Price is my favorite song in that whole soundtrack. It's it's underrated. It's a gem for sure. Do you have any Sega stage ideas? Ooh, gosh. Sega stage ideas... Hmm. Well, if we get my magical Streets of Rage character that we're definitely not getting, <laughs> one trope that I really enjoy in the Streets of Rage franchise, and in a lot of other beat-em-ups too, actually... Oh, I know what you're going to say. ...is the elevator stage. Yep. Um, In, like, each of the Streets of Rage games, you get to a point where you board an elevator, and as the elevator is ascending or descending or doing whatever it's doing... It periodically stops and then enemies get on that you have to fight. Yeah. I would love for there to be an elevator stage in Smash. That would be a lot of fun, actually. Where you're just kind of like ascending Mr. X's tower or something. And then maybe like goons come out on each floor and you can knock them into each other for, you know, to do damage. I don't know. I think that'd be really fun. That would be really fun. I think that's a good one. Cool. So as far as items go, there actually haven't been any Sonic items in Smash. Yeah, it's funny, like, there's a lot of Sonic power-ups, but I don't think there's really any that really would fit in Smash that don't already overlap with existing items. Like, you could have the invincibility box, but that's just Starman. Yeah, yeah. I do think that similarly to my Bomberman power-up idea, you could have one of the, like, little power-up monitor things that's just kind of cycling through several classic Sonic powers. Like his shields. Right, exactly. Like the like, bubble shield and the fire shield. Right, like maybe you get the lightning shield and you can double jump. Maybe you get the fire shield and then suddenly, you know, 
when you jump, you can dash forward. So I, like, I don't yeah. know exactly how it'd be implemented, but I right. think that a roulette thing like that could be a fun way to include a Sonic item. It could be fun. You're right. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you had something because I wrote down Valkyria Chronicles Lance that shoots lasers. I mean, I do like that idea, yeah. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> I'm a big Valkyria Chronicles fan. No Valkyria Chronicles character will be appearing in the next Smash, but yeah. I do like Valkyria Chronicles a lot. Yeah, that that would be that would be neat, a Valkyria Chronicles character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're like <laughs> just the fact that they use real ass weapons. I was going to say, yeah. they're a little too intrinsically tied to like you couldn't do it. Like like Silvari is in it, and she has a machine gun. Like you know, I, I think Silvari is the one character they could use. Oh yeah, because she uses the lance. Just go into Valkyrie mode. Yeah. Right? Fun fact, she actually already is in a fighting game, though. She's in Dengenki Buko Fighting Climax. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, she she's doing great there. Everyone knows where she is. <laughs> everyone knows that she's in that game, and everyone plays it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't just call this a Dengenki Buko theory. So, <laughs> so moving on to the soundtrack, Sega seems especially weird about this. I don't know if this is something that Sega has specifically ordered because, for example, when we move into Bandai Namco stuff, when we move into other, move into other franchises, um, there is at least one third-party franchise besides Metal Gear that had at least, like, one remix, mm-hmm. right? Like, made by Nintendo for Smash Bros. Right. But Sonic and Bayonetta, I'm pretty sure, have had zero remixes they're all just existing songs that's so weird that have been you know put into smash there is a remix of angel island zone but it was made for like an album before smash came out okay the good news is that sonic and bayonetta both have great soundtracks already that is true i mean i can't really speak to bayonetta i'm just trusting you there but yeah for sonic i know for sure that there are so many good songs throughout the history of that franchise yeah <laughs> and they really love dumping all those vocal Sonic songs. They in, sure do into Smash, and I love all of them. They're great. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put "Live and Learn," "City Escape," and "Open Your Heart." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. On every Smash game until I die, and I'll be happy. Has the Sonic Heroes theme been in Smash yet? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it was on Wendy Hill's own stage. Cool. Good shit. Because, uh, yeah, I, I like that song. Yeah. Yeah, Bay- Bayonetta's got some cool music. Very snazzy, like, rock, you know? Mm-hmm. It's cool. That makes sense for her. Yeah. But, yeah, just, I, I want some remixes, man. Just yeah. remix some songs. You could, you can like, let Nintendo remix songs for you. They do a good job. It'd be really fun to have people who are traditionally Nintendo composers trying to tackle, like, Sega music. Oh, know? yeah. No, I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be a really oh, interesting yeah, just, thing just, to hear. Oh, just make Koji Kondo remix the Green Hill Zone theme. Oh, my God. Please, Nintendo. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be really like great. that'd be such good like publicity. He like does it all in piano, like in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, it turns out to be really boring. <laughs> Please don't do don't do that, Koji Gondo. <laughs> do it, but do it like cool. Um, and thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. So let's open some listener mail. Okay, Max K seven thirteen. Hmm says, as for the Sega side of things, I think Sonic is perfectly represented with, well, Sonic. (laughs) And a Sis Trophy other than Shadow would be cool. If I was making Smash with all of my personal biases in the world, I would make a crazy taxi stage. (laughs) 
Make it so it functions very similarly to Big Blue, where you got to stay on the cars or risk falling on the street and the oh, stage driving off without you. Interesting. Yeah. See, when he said crazy taxi stage, the first thing I thought of is like the other F-Zero stage where you're on the track and you have to dodge the cars. Oh, yeah. That's what I would do. Is like the crazy taxi just barrels through every now and again and you have to get out of the way. <laughs> Here's what I would do. The crazy taxi stage is on the taxi, <laughs> right? Uh, and like the taxi has like that that perspective where like it's it's driving ahead, like you know it's driving uh, forward. Uh-huh. So platforms like zoom in like from the foreground, oh, okay. and like other hazards like come in that way. And every now and then, like a passenger will get in the car <laughs> and like and. Uh, I don't know if if you hit the passenger, something bad happens. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's what I would do. I'm changing my mind. Okay. It's a crazy taxi stage. You're in the taxi as like hood ornaments, basically. Like you're on the dashboard of the taxi and you can see different characters getting in, like different Nintendo characters periodically (laughs) who are not otherwise represented in Smash. Like Waluigi hops into the taxi. Well, I mean, he's an assistant. You know what I mean? You, you know, um, like fun little cameos <laughs> like that. So, since we're probably not actually getting a crazy taxi stage, they should take your idea and make it dribble and Spitz's taxi and oh, make it a WarioWare stage. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Have Mona get in the taxi. Have other characters that I don't care about from that <laughs> franchise get in the taxi. Jim. 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 Is that his name? Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah Jimmy G. Jimmy can get in there. Yeah. Thank you, Max K. Yes. Uh, for your great idea that we've ruined and, and twisted into our our own beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. Great, great idea. Yes, um, I, I yeah. agree. I, I really wish that they would do Crazy Taxi Stage. That'd actually be a lot of fun. I also uh, wish that. Necro X Mortis. That's intense. On Reddit says... For Sega, I see Sonic and Bayonetta making their returns, but I can also see arguments being made for Arl Nadja from the Poyo Poyo series. Uh, Sega also owns Atlas, so it'd be cool to see Jack Frost make an appearance. Mm. I know they don't currently hold the title for most popular Shin Megami Tensei demon, earning fifth place in the poll, but I doubt Sakurai is going to let number one in because, well, it's a giant penis monster. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that sounds like Shin Megami Tensei. Yep. Yeah, cool ideas. So it's actually funny because I was kind of scrolling through our Reddit thread a Mm -hmm. little while ago, and I couldn't believe the number of people who were like, yeah, I think Arlie Naja from Puyo Puyo's gotta be in this game. (laughs) Like, really? I mean, I like Puyo Puyo. I'm a big Puyo Puyo fan. I would never predict that character. Yeah, uh, Arlie Naja definitely surprised me, and what's funny is she's... She is the first protagonist of Poyo Poyo, mm-hmm. but she's sort of taken a back seat lately. Right. If, you know, where like like two other protagonists have sort of replaced her as like the 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 face of Poyo right. Poyo. Amate mm-hmm. debuted in Poyo Poyo Fever, and you know she's the one with like the Poyo Poyo hat right. and like the, the colorful, right. the very colorful outfit. And Ringo Ando debuted in Poyo Poyo Seven, and also is sort of the first character you play with in Puyo Puyo Tetris story mode and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we got a Puyo Puyo character, it'd be one of those instead. Sure. I don't think we're getting any Puyo Puyo characters as playable. Me neither. But one of them would be a cool assist trophy. Yeah, calling down Puyos onto the stage. Yeah. I can see that. And if they were a playable character, I think they'd have, like, a ball and moveset. Mm-hmm. Like, I think their moveset could be really cool, just, like, wielding Puyos like weapons. Sure. 
out of Necroex Mortis's ideas, I think Jack Frost is actually more likely. Yeah. I think I think Jack Frost actually has a shot. Okay. You know, like um it's a persistent Atlas mascot. Mm-hmm. Especially Japan recognizes Jack Frost really easily. Sure. Uh you don't really have characters with like ice based movesets in Smash. Besides the ice climbers, I guess. <laughs> right. But but Jack Frost could wield that in a different way. Yes. And you know, Jack Frost is cute. Jack Frost is fun. And I think that's cool. I I do think that Joker or another Persona character would be a little more likely than Jack Frost, but I I, I could see it. I could see it happening. Yeah, sure. Finally, Mick Flurry Mac mm-hmm. on Reddit says Sega. The holy trinity of characters I feel could be added are Arle Nadja, Ai <laughs> uh, from Super Monkey Ball, ah, and perhaps Knights, in that order. Okay, Arle Nadja because of Poyo Poyo Tetris relevancy. McFarley <laughs> uh, Mac, They've, they they're learning the triangle. <laughs> and Ai and Knights because Super Monkey Ball and Knights into Dreams are sort of Sega's biggest series. My money's on Arle, but I'd be open to any of them. And I'll briefly cover Sonic. Eggman gets added. <laughs> Sonic is relevant enough to warn him, and he's the only character unique enough to be realistically added without being a Sonic semi-clone. Thank you, McFlurry Mac. Yeah, I, uh, I like the way you think Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Knights would be a really cool character. I think I.I. and Knights are both sort of in that limbo where, like, they're not quite like these classic callbacks that would blow people away. Right. But they're not really current either. We haven't seen Knights or II in their own games in maybe a decade each. Yeah. Knights Journey into Dreams was 2008, so yeah. Wow. I do think that it would be hilarious to just play as a Super Monkey Ball character. Oh, that'd be dope. Like yeah. I think that'd be really fun. Yes. I'm not going to predict II, though, I have to say. Yeah, that's fair. I would love uh, for Eggman to be playable. I think that'd be really great. Yeah, him... Riding around in his agrobo. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. That'd be really cool. Don't think any of those are happening, but really cool picks, McFlurry Mac. Thank you for your mail. And, and thank you for making me hungry. <laughs> and thank you for everyone for sending in your picks. We got, man, we got a lot of suggestions this time. Oh, yes. And they were all really good. Obviously, we couldn't stuff all of them in there, but we do read all of them. We do love reading all of them and keep sending them in because... We've got some more third-party episodes yet, uh, so be sure to send us your thoughts on those. Yes, please. With all that, let's go over my predicted roster so far. Let's do it. So, in the Mario episode, I predicted Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina, Bowser Jr., Captain Toad, and Paper Mario. Right. In the Mario spinoffs episode, I predicted Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. Wee. <laughs> In the Legend of Zelda episode, I predicted Link, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, and Urbosa. Sean predicted Midna instead of Urbosa. Yeah! <laughs> In the Sakurai's Babies episode, I predicted Kirby, Meta Knight, King DDD, Bandana Waddle Dee, Sean predicted Marks instead, Pit, Palatina, and Dark Pit. <laughs> In the Sci-Fi episode, I predicted Captain Olimar, Ness, Lucas, Shulk, and Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra. That was me doing, like, an Earthbound attack sound, and it was bad. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't go for I'm really feeling it! Yeah, that would have been good, too, but I didn't do that. Much <laughs> much to my detriment. 
In the, the McClouds episode, I predicted Fox, Falco, Wolf, and Captain Falcon. Show me your moves. There we go. Uh-huh. In Rough Housing, I predicted Villager and Little Mac. Mr. Mayor, I made you a pasta. It's really good, even though I don't have hands because I'm a dog person. In Retro Revival. Hope you enjoy. In Retro Revivals, I predicted Ice Climbers, Duck Hunt, and Scapon. Ooh, Scapon noises. <laughs> you're, you're a real Joy McFight fan, huh, yep. Sean? Yeah, I know it very well. <laughs> and here in Third Party Part 1, I'm predicting Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. Bayonetta, and Bomberman. Bloop. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. No problem. Way to, Happy to help. Way to jazz that up. This is why you have me on the podcast. <laughs> if you're wondering where else you can find us, I have a couple other podcasts right now. So many. <laughs> my main other podcast besides this one is Play This. Me and my good friend Max recommend video games to each other and then have in-depth discussions about them, like really really big long discussions about these games right before i recorded this episode with sean i uploaded our life is strange episode it's two hours long but i think we have a lot of great discussion we really liked life is strange and we have a lot of cool talks about it i haven't had the opportunity to listen to it yet but i always really enjoy episodes of play this I think that Max and Daniel have really, really great chats about whatever game they've played. They always bring up really interesting points, kind of relating it to other forms of media, talking about their own personal experiences. If you want, in short, kind of a much more in-depth conversation about video games, I think that it's definitely the podcast to watch. Thank you, Sean. Another thing I think is really cool is the Life is Strange episode is the one where instead of giving each other a recommendation we get a recommendation from our listeners and we announce which listener recommendation we're going to play in that episode yeah so check that out if you want to find out what someone told us to play and what we're playing next (laughs) agreed also i (laughs) i have another podcast a video game of the day i planned on Uploading a new episode every weekday of May. Turns out that doing three podcasts simultaneously is hard. Couldn't have imagined. (laughs) So it has not updated for about a week, but I do plan on updating it more before May's over. So I guess keep an eye on that. Speaking of things that haven't updated, I was playing Undertale for a while on my YouTube channel, which you can find if you do a search for RE Chief on YouTube. I haven't been playing it lately because... I've been recording for this podcast, and I've been working a full-time job, so I've had a lot on my plate. Uh, It is my ambition to start that Let's Play up again soon, so definitely keep an eye on it, and definitely, uh, you know, check out the rest of the Let's Play. Check out the rest of the channel uh, while you're waiting. Yeah, Sean has really excellent Let's Plays. They're really fun because he voice acts all the characters when he plays them. And he is an excellent voice actor, and his voices are excellent. Thank you. Uh, his Undertale playthrough is a lot of fun to watch. His Sans sounds nothing the way Sans does in my head, <laughs> but his Papyrus sounds exactly the way Papyrus <laughs> does in my head. So it, it balances out. Definitely worth listen. Cool. Uh, thank you for that shout-out. Speaking of me doing voices, I am also 
a voice actor whose voice has been featured in a number of media projects. And I'm always looking for more work in that regard because it's something that I really enjoy doing. If you are interested in retaining my services as a voice actor or narrator for a personal or professional project, you can always reach out to me at seandanielfrancis at gmail.com. That's Sean spelled S-E-A-N and Francis with an I at gmail.com. And I would be happy to make an arrangement with you. Next time on A Smashing Theory, Third Parties Part 2. This time we will be covering franchises from companies that debuted in Smash 4. So that's Capcom, Bandai Namco, and Square Enix. Yes. So you can predict any additional content from from franchises that have already been represented from those companies, like Final Fantasy or Mega Man or Pac-Man, or you can suggest new franchises to us that you think those companies could represent like Monster Hunter or Chrono Trigger or Tekken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff in there. A whole lot of stuff. Many, many franchises. So definitely feel free to really let your fingers fly over that keyboard and send us lots of cool suggestions. Yeah. We will definitely feature at least some of them on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. Me too. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff to cover. Yeah. This one will be a lot of fun. And uh, don't worry because there will be a third party as part three where we cover the rest yes but for now send us all your capcom bandai namco and square enix predictions to a smashing theory at gmail.com or tweet them at a smashing theory on twitter we'll look forward to hearing them thanks so much for listening we will see you next week and until then i hope that you have a smashing time gotta go smash That was fucking good. If you say so. (laughs) That was fucking good. It's kind of like if Sonic and Krusty the Clown combined into one voice. Yeah, the goose (laughs) man. I wish that I could just somehow communicate the facial expression that Daniel just made. Oh, ooh, I think via my voice. I think I gave myself a headache. He really looked as though the vein on his forehead was about to fucking explode. (laughs) <laughs> uh, see you guys next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>